From the bottom of the Marianas Trench, this is ASPN, the American Shoreline Podcast Network. News for the pelagic-minded. Hello, you are listening to Delta Dispatches. This is Jacques Hebert with Environmental Defense Fund, and I am flying solo today. My partner in crime, Simone Malaz, is out doing the important work of restoring Louisiana's coast, so she can't be with us today. Um, We miss her, but we have a great show lined up for you. It's officially May. Um, The weather's been pretty good here in New Orleans, and hopefully we'll continue to have um, some beautiful weather despite you know these summer thunderstorms that are starting. So we have a great show lined up for you today. We have some of our friends and our partners from the Coalition to Restore Coastal Louisiana here today to talk about some exciting things, including the upcoming State of the Coast Conference and then what's happening at the Louisiana legislature as it relates, relates to coastal policy. So I'd like to welcome back James Karst, Communications and Marketing Director with the Coalition to Restore Coastal Louisiana, and Emily Buxton, Policy Director with the Coalition to Restore Coastal Louisiana. Welcome back to Delta Dispatches, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Jacques. I'm happy to be here. So I want to ask, yeah, welcome back. I want to ask, Emily, um, how are you doing? How are things going? How's the puppy? Are, are you all enjoying this nice spring leading into summer weather? You know, I'm enjoying it. He's, you know, he's a pug, so the more it gets hot, the less he can go outside. So I'm not sure if he's going to enjoy it soon, but I'm I'm liking it. Yeah, exactly. It's that time of year where the dogs start to hibernate. I feel you, and so does Winnie. Um, James, how are things going with you? Uh, They're good. I'm I'm between dogs, but I do have three kids, and, uh, you know, this is baseball season for them. And uh, we're coming up on the end of the school year, so... A busy time for them and a busy time for me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think I may have seen some things on Twitter about, uh, you know, baseball games and, and all of that. So got to love this time of year. Um, I want to ask too, James, how are things going at CRCL? I, I'm sure you all are staying busy. Yeah, we are buried deep in planning for our State of the Coast Conference, which is coming up uh, beginning in less than a month. Uh, and so we are working hard on that. Uh, we're doing a number of other things as Emily will talk about, uh, on the policy front, of course, um, we, uh, have moved, uh, to a new site for our oyster shell. Uh, and, um, you know, we're trying to do some volunteer events in the fall. Um, so full speed ahead, despite the conditions. That's great. And, you know, I came across a really wonderful feature by Southern Foodways Alliance called What Remains. And it talked a little bit about, um, you know, the work on Gulf oysters and kind of to harvest them from the, you know, from the actual water and getting them to the plate. So tell us a little bit about this feature. What does it cover? um, And what are some of the the people that the feature speaks to? Yeah, so this uh, this is a film that was created by the Southern Foodways Alliance for their spring symposium uh, and was shown uh, at that event in March of this year. And the filmmaker uh, wanted to do something about sustainable food uh, in the Gulf South. 
And so it, it was uh, a logical conclusion uh, to do something about our oyster shell recycling program. And it sort of covers the cycle of, uh, of an oyster uh, as it is farmed uh, or, or harvested from the water um, and then processed and then taken to a restaurant, in this case, Pesh Restaurant, which is one of our partners in our oyster shell recycling program, uh, and then uh, follows the shell uh, to our shell site where it is dropped off and then later processed by volunteers and then returned to the water where it helps to slow coastal erosion. Uh, it helps to minimize storm surge and it creates habitat for new oysters to grow uh, and for other new life. So it, it's really a, a very cool film, uh, short documentary about oyster shell recycling in Louisiana. Very cool. And I, I highly encourage people to go and, and view it um, and they can access it online. Is that correct? That's right. If you go to the Southern Foodways Alliance website, you can find it there. Uh, you can also, of course, follow us on our social media. Um, we have posted about it, uh, especially on our Facebook and our Twitter um, and I think our LinkedIn as well. So there are several ways to get to it. But yeah, it's really cool. And, you know, we featured uh, and discussed the Oyster Shell Recycling Program in the past on prior episodes, but there's been some recent developments with um, the Oyster Shell Recycling Program. I know um, when Blaise Pizzold from the Marrow Foundation was on, um, he was excited to talk about um, the, the lot in St. Bernard Parish where you all are going to kind of help do some of these uh, Oyster Shell Recycling volunteer activities. So what's the latest and greatest with the program? Yeah, well, we had an event. There's actually a lot of great stuff happening with it. We had an event uh, last Saturday in Buras, Louisiana, where we cleaned up our old site where we stored oysters and held volunteer events um, because we're moving from that site to a new location in Violet, which is great for us for a number of reasons. Uh, but one of the main ones being that it is closer to where a lot of our volunteers come from. So it's easier to get to. Uh, and when we do resume volunteer events, when we get some cooler weather, uh, it, it'll be, uh, I think, we'll have greater support from volunteers there. Um, there is also going to be an educational aspect to it there. Um, so, you know, that's a, a huge win for our program. And then also our program is growing. We have struck a new partnership with a great organization called Chef's Brigade out of New Orleans, uh, which is a, a, a bunch of restaurants, uh, I think 80 some restaurants, perhaps more. Um, and they are supporting our uh, oyster shell recycling program by making it possible for their member restaurants to join uh, at, at little or no cost to the restaurants. So uh, we are increasing the recycling of shell um, in South Louisiana, uh, which is a great thing. Um, as you probably know, prior to uh, the beginning of our program, a lot of times restaurants would just send the shell to the landfill because it was the cheapest and easiest thing to do. Um, but it's a great natural resource and our program is making use of it to help to restore and protect our coast. Awesome. And we're going to talk to Emily a little bit more about some of the policy developments on that front. But I also wanted to ask about a wonderful uh, feature in National Geographic that came out, I think, in the last month that talks a lot about Louisiana's coastal issues, but through the lens of ecotourism. And I believe it quotes you and Emily, and there are a lot of other familiar uh, faces in there, Barbara Johnson with the Great Delta Tours, Richie Blink, of course. Um, so tell us about this National Geographic story and what it covers. 
Yeah, so they wanted to do a story about ecotourism, and they approached us uh, with that idea. And um, you know, t- to me, it's an it's a no brainer. Really, the best way to understand our coastal land loss is to get outside of places like. Uh, like New Orleans or Lafayette or uh, other parts of South Louisiana where tourists uh, like to visit. And uh, it's a great way to see the state. You can see the wildlife, birds, alligators, what have you. Um, But you can also see sort of the the beautiful, um, the wetlands, which it's a, what you might call a terrible beauty. It's something that, that is uh, lovely to look at, but uh, it has a tragic aspect to it as well because it's disappearing, it's dying. Um, and so this was a great story that focused on uh, ecotourism. Uh, you know, getting people out to see what is happening is one of the fundamental uh, things in getting them to understand what is happening with our coast. So, uh, you know, a great audience from National Geographic, obviously. And, um, you know, they focused on our organization as well as on, I believe, Pontchartrain Conservancy. Um, and had some beautiful photographs to accompany that story as well. Yeah, and I really hope, you know, people find that as an opportunity to to actually do some of these wonderful tours where they can learn about the environment, learn about um, our coast while actually experiencing its beauty. We've had, you know, folks from Lost Lands tour on in the past. Um, Of course, you know, we mentioned Barbara Johnson and others. So, you know, if you're visiting Forgo, the airboat, you know, tour and actually go out and see uh, you know, from these people, hear from these experts who have been living and working on Louisiana's coast for, for years and can really take you um, into it in a, a variety of ways. So that was a great feature and, and good job on that piece. So I want to shift gears a little bit and bring Emily on. Emily, um, let's start with you on, on some of the developments on um, coastal policy in the Louisiana legislature, as folks might know. The legislature is in full swing, and of course, coastal issues are always a topic of you know prominent uh, discussion in the legislature. So, tell us about what the big coastal bills and stuff that you're tracking are. Let's start with the coastal annual plan. Um, what is the annual plan, and tell us a little bit about where it is in the legislative process. Sure. So, the annual plan is a de- is a document developed by um, CPRA every year that is technically an authorization um, of funds. So basically, if funds are received by CPRA, this is their plan for how they would spend those funds. And so um, it basically authorizes them to spend the funds as they specify in the plan. Um, So every year they develop this plan. It usually gets released in like December, January timeframe. Um, The public gets a chance to give public comments on it, and then they finalize the plan before the legislature meets. Um, And then they present the plan to the legislature. It goes through four different committees, two in each um, chamber, and then it gets passed. Um, And then eventually the governor will will sign it. So this year, the annual plan is under Senate Concurrent Resolution 9. Um, It's being carried by Senator Eddie Lambert this year. Um, And so it just approves the the annual plan. Um, And so currently um, it's been seen by two different committees in the Senate. Um, So it was passed out of the Committee on Natural Resources um, a few last month. Um, And then last week, I believe um, it was passed out of the Senate Committee on Transportation. Um, So right now it's pending Senate floor action. Um, It needs to sit on the Senate floor for a few days. Um, It needs to get passed out of the Senate. Um, and then it'll get sent over to the House, where basically the whole process um, will repeat itself. So this is kind of the 
the measure or the the, defi- the the mechanism that you said that actually funds a lot of the coastal restoration protection projects happening, um, you know, across the coast. So people can, you know, contact their legislator um, to say, hey, you know, support the annual plan, get these projects funded. Yeah, for sure. Um, you can definitely contact your legislator and say, you know, support SER 9. Um, you can uh, contact the committees over on the House side um, once they see the um, annual plan. Um, that should be in you know next week or the next week probably. Um, and those are your ways that you can help um, support the annual plan. So from SCR to HCR, let's talk a little bit about HCR 26. Um, what is this specific piece of legislation and what does it aim to do? So this is um, HCR 26 is being carried by Representative John Paul Cousin. Um, It's a resolution that urges and requests the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries to conduct a study to determine the final destination of oyster shells removed from Louisiana waters. So the background of this is that, um, obviously, I think we've spoken about on Delta Dispatches before, oyster shells have a lot of different um, purposes, you know, and so including, you know, if you put oyster shells back out in the water, we can build reefs with them, we can harvest um, oysters that develop on these shells. Um, So they really are a renewable resource. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of oyster shells are diverted into landfills where obviously they can't do anything. Um, And so we're um, asking for this study um, to show where the majority of oyster shells go in Louisiana. And then um, the resolution also asks the LDWF to make some recommendations on diverting shells out of landfills. So this is obviously something we do in our oyster shell recycling program here at CRCL. Um, The LDWF also takes a portion of our shells um, every year as well to create their projects. Um, So this is really a partnership um, to kind of see how we can use those shells for a better purpose. That's really an exciting development. And I know, you know, as you and James both highlighted, making sure that these resources are not just thrown into a landfill, right, when they can go back to benefiting the environment and our coast is so important. So please keep us updated as that piece of legislation moves forward. Um, What else is going on at the legislature? I know Coastal Day is coming up soon, correct? Correct. So Coastal Day will be um, May 19th. It's a Wednesday. Um, We have Coastal Day usually every year. Um, We didn't have it last year because of the pandemic. Um, So this is we're going back to, you know, our regular annual Coastal Day during the legislature. Um, And usually Coastal Day has, um, you know, various hearings. Usually the governor makes remarks on coastal issues. Um, We talk to representatives about coastal issues and the day ends with the crawfish boil with legislators. And so um, we're doing a lot of that this year as well. Um, and you know, we're just kind of, we go to the legislature to really, um, you know, get talking to legislators about coastal issues and kind of raise awareness. Um, so we will be having that on the 19th. It'll be the same day as the CPRA board meeting. Um, so it'll be a big day of coastal issues in Baton Rouge. Well, that's exciting. And I'm glad that you all are keeping coastal issues at the forefront of the legislature and in front of our elected officials. Um, so thanks for that. So, and speaking of other exciting events coming up, James alluded to it at the beginning of the show, but State of the Coast is happening soon. So, James, tell us, what is the state of the State of the Coast this year? Yeah, so normally uh, State of the Coast is a conference. We hold it every two years, and uh, we had planned to hold it in May of last year, 
at the convention center in New Orleans, and that did not happen because of the pandemic. So this year we are bringing the conference to you, and uh, it is a virtual event. It has a great platform called Hub, and um, you know, to me, the uh, the virtual nature of the event really kind of opens things up. You know, people don't have to travel here in person; they don't stay at a hotel. Um, and, uh, you know, video presentations can do a lot of interesting things that are harder to do, uh, in person. So, uh, it's a very, uh, exciting event. It's, it's, uh, interesting, um, and certainly timely, I would say, uh, as you know, last year was a devastating year for hurricanes. Uh, and of course we had the anniversaries of the Deepwater Horizon disaster, uh, and hurricanes Katrina and Rita last year. Uh, and those will be uh, talked about at the conference for sure. And uh, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to it. It comes up June 2nd through 4th. Um, we also have a similar uh, event called Restoration on the Half Shell coming up later this month. Uh, it's also a virtual event and it's a less technical uh, gathering uh, for people who may not be working in the coastal sector, uh, I think especially relevant for people who are students uh, or community members who are simply interested in learning more about our coastal issues. Uh, so I wanted to plug that as well. That's great. And so it is, you mentioned it's completely virtual, so people can t- tune in from when, wherever they are. Um, what are some of the themes and plenaries going to look like in this year's State of the Coast? Yeah, let me let me backtrack one second and say it's completely virtual at this point, but uh, we have heard a lot of people say that they really want us to have in-person events if we can. And I feel what they're saying. You know, I would really love to have in-person events as well. So if conditions uh, allow us to, we may have some uh, adjacent events, uh, you know, if, if public health conditions allow us to do so. Um, But the theme of the conference of State of the Coast this year is Time for Action Together, uh, which we hope reflects the fact that there are some major projects underway uh, and some major projects that are going to begin in the next couple of years, uh, and also reflecting the bipartisan uh, nature of coastal restoration. Uh, I think that, you know, nobody who lives in South Louisiana uh, wants our state to disappear into the Gulf of Mexico. Um, So while we may have differences about how we address coastal land loss, uh, it's something that everybody can can fight against. Uh, And also we want to address issues of diversity and equity and justice. um, And we know that that is important to our future uh, in trying to restore and protect our coast. That's great, James. And so, Folks can go to stateofthecoast.org to learn more and to register for the conference. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, also, they can go to restorationonthehalfshell.org uh, to uh, register for that. Um, we've got some great uh, partners in State of the Coast that I wanted to mention. Uh, CPRA, uh, the Water Institute of the Gulf, and Louisiana Sea Grant. Uh, they're both involved in uh, hosting this great event. And uh, as I mentioned, it is June, State of the Coast is June 2nd through 4th, and um, Restoration on the Half Shell is May 18th, 19th, and 20th. And yeah, hope to see everybody there. That's great. And, you know, from prior states of the coast, you've always found a way to bring new and exciting things uh, to each 
conference. So any kind of surprises or new developments you might want to hint at to tease people on why they should register and attend? Yeah, we've got a great lineup of plenary speakers. Uh, We're going to have Marsha McNutt, uh, who is the president of the National Academy of Sciences. We have the governor. We have Chip Klein of CPRA. Uh, We are going to have Richard Campanella, who uh, is a geographer and writer at Tulane University and uh, a great speaker who is going to talk about historic coastal New Orleans. Uh, We are going to have music, musical entertainment. I think we're going to have some games. Um, And uh, I think I intend to show some movies uh, at the conference as well. Uh, And of course, it's going to be a great program, too, with lots of exciting information uh, shared by people who are working to solve our land loss crisis. Very cool. Well, do not miss it and go to stateofthecoast.org and register um, today if you can. So thanks both to both of you. I do want to, um, you know, just touch on, is there anything else going on at the Coalition Restore Coast of Louisiana you all want to highlight? I know um, you mentioned, James, volunteer opportunities uh, earlier. Is that something you'll foresee being able to do again in the near future? We're hoping to do some in the fall. Uh, it it kind of depends on public health conditions. But, you know, as more and more people get vaccinated, uh, it, it seems likelier that this may actually happen. Uh, we do typically go on hiatus um, for uh, the summer just because it's too hot to have volunteers out there in the sun all day. But we may be having uh, some sort of an oyster shell processing event uh, outside uh, if we can pull that off. Um you know, today is Give NOLA Day. Uh, it's a huge day for New Orleans nonprofits as well. Um, you know, we're a small nonprofit and uh, working hard to to do the work of restoring our coast. So we always appreciate any support from people. And yeah. That's great. And whether or not people are listening on Give NOLA Day, they can always make it Give NOLA Day by going to crcl.org, correct? And donating to your organization. That's right. You don't have to wait for Give Nola Day to support Coastal Restoration. Uh, We always appreciate the help that people give us. And actually, uh, for a limited time, we are also giving people uh, who make a $50 donation or more our famous uh, Nutria face mask. So look for that as well. I was going to ask, I saw something on Facebook about a CRCL hat, but I, I was curious about the Nutria mask. So I'm glad that you all are bringing that back. And that's still something that folks can get when they support your organization. Yeah, they've been very popular. Great. Well, anything else on your end, Emily, that you're excited about as we head into summer? You know, we're just waiting for um, the end of the Bidbaritaria comment period. So that'll end. um, We have an extension now, so it'll end, um, I believe it's like June 3rd, um, right in the middle of our State of the Coast event. Um, So we're still um, working on that. I'm sure you've discussed that on Delta Dispatches. and so, yeah, we're just kind of waiting till June. June will be also the end of the legislative session. So most of our big events will wrap up at the be- beginning of June, and then hopefully we'll all take a much-needed vacation. <laughs> yes. I think we've all been saying that, you know, we'll all go on vacation come June, let's hope. But I'm sure something else will pop up. But since you mentioned it, folks can go to actforthecoast.org um, and still participate in the um delivering comments as part of the draft environmental impact statement for Mid-Baritaria. So you still have about a month to give comments. So please go to actforthecoast.org, send in your comments and share it with your friends, colleagues, neighbors, so that they can participate as well. Well, great. Well, thank you both so much for being on. I cannot let you go 
um, without asking the fun question. And, you know, since it is coming upon uh, summer, you know, it's getting more humid outside, it's getting warm, we're having, you know, regular thunderstorms, it seems appropriate to ask these que- this question. I-, I feel like our snowball stands are up in- and running um, and folks are already enjoying snowballs. So I want to ask what your favorite snowball flavor is. This has been a very contentious question on Delta Dispatches. I have gotten a lot of flack for my favorite snowball flavor, which happens to be spearmint. So if you are a spearmint fan, uh, you can take comfort in knowing that you're one of two people on Delta Dispatches that enjoys that flavor. But Emily, what about you? What is your favorite snowball flavor? Oh God, I feel like I'm even more controversial because I actually am not a huge iced um, dessert fan. I eat snowballs like once a year, um, which is about the amount of time I eat ice cream as well. Um, but when I do get a snowball, I like the um, I like the nectar flavor, and I like having condensed milk on top. Kind of, I guess it's more like a Hawaiian way. So I'm probably more controversial than you, Jock. Yeah, I have to say, you're lucky Simone is not on the show today because I'm <laughs> sure she would have given you some flack, just like she's given me flack for the spearmint um, answer. Right. So. All good. No judgment here. This is a, a snowball judgment-free zone. How about you, James? What's your favorite flavor? I've got to say, I uh, have two things to say. First is that I would never order spearmint. No judgment against you because, you know, that that's fine that you like it. But I would I cannot imagine ever ordering spearmint. Um, and I don't think I would ever do it. But now I'm curious about it in the same way that I'm curious about the pickle-flavored snowballs. But um and then also Emily kind of stole my thunder because that is one of my go-tos nectar with condensed milk. But I also like to, um, you know, I like a little variety. So sometimes I try something different. Sometimes I like to get the orchid cream vanilla snowballs. Um, and sometimes depending on the time of day, I like to get coffee. Uh, Ooh, I like that. You certainly do like to mix it up. I mean, the coffee snowball, I feel like that's like, you know, like CC's has whatever they call their, uh, I don't know, their frozen coffee drink. But I mean, it's kind of like a coffee snowball, but I bet that is good depending on the time of day. And it seems like there's a little bit of a nectar uh, connection among CRCL staff. So that's, that's interesting. We'll have to explore that in future uh, fun questions. Well, thank you both so much for being on. Um, really appreciate all the great work you all are doing for Coalition Restore Coast Louisiana. And as part of our Coalition Restore the Mississippi River Delta. So we'll have to have you back on soon. Um, Maybe we'll give you some time because we know the next few weeks are going to be busy, but maybe later in the summer, once you've had a chance to debrief and relax after these busy few weeks and months, um, we can reconnect. So with that, I'd just like to give the coastal stat of the week, um, and it is very relevant to our conversation today. So State of the Coast 2021 will consist of virtual presentations by leading experts and concurrent sessions keynote presentations, poster sessions, and networking opportunities. More than 1,200 scientists, landowners, federal and state agency personnel, local officials, industry and business leaders, resource users, and interested citizens attended the fifth iteration of this biennial conference in 2018. Visit stateofthecoast.org to register. And lastly, our Coastal Voice of the Week is from Jamie in Clinton, Louisiana. And Jamie says, I love my Louisiana and I wish to keep it all together because it's our heaven on earth. Let's help the boot become a little less ragged. I think that is a perspective we can all agree with. Thank you, Jamie. And reminder, you can go to MississippiRiverDelta.org slash restore dash the dash coast and share your coastal voice at any time. Um, So thank you again, James and Emily, and thank you to our listeners. 
We'll be back next on Delta Dispatches. See y'all later, alligators. Alligators.